is, you know, asking them the right questions because just saying, well, what do you like? That can make them panic even more. It's like, well, what am I supposed to like? And, you know, I don't, they don't even, some of them don't even know that there's other options out there like a practice ignition, whereas some already are like, yep, I've got practice ignition. Um, and the process is pretty smooth, but maybe they want to tweak something else. So having an understanding to guide your client through the journey to know where they're currently at in terms of where they can envision their self being and understanding how that solution fits into their firm is always, you know, there's a bunch of variables to take into account to determine the, the best applications for them. We got Katie Thomas with us today of Katie Thomas CPA. For those of you that don't know, she is the automation queen. I don't know if I'm saying that right or not, but I know uh, at least me and uh, my friend Keith down in Florida have you as hashtag automation Katie. So I don't know if that's a thing yet, but we're trying to push it. So uh, hi, Katie. Welcome today. Hey, Jose. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate the introduction. And yeah, Keith is... Keith and yourself, that's super sweet of you to support me. I work with a lot of accounting firms and help them embrace technology. So what that means is a lot of the accountants out there today are aware of this digital disruption, but it's very confusing because they know they need to make changes and they know that there's new technology out there, but there isn't a lot of guidance given to them on how to actually implement that technology. So that's what we help them do. We help them streamline all their processes, automate what they can, integrate existing technology or implement new technology. So no, it's exciting. No, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I love, you know, that's kind of whole part of the new uh, revolution that's out there in one, the accounting industry, and two, just in, in, in business overall. I mean, why, why are you going to waste time doing menial tasks when uh, a, a, an application can come in or, you know, something can be put into there to kind of automate that to give time, to give your people time to actually do things that, you know, take away from, I don't know if this is the right way, time sucking to where they're more, you know, doing something that's a little bit more meaningful that kind of makes them feel a little bit more like they – they're valued in the company. You know, that's it, my personal opinion, at least. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, the way I kind of like to explain it is we all only have so much energy in a day. Of course, there's time, but it's energy. And a lot of times whenever we're not working on things that we're passionate about, such as like data entry or admin work, it can really drain us. So we need to be able to focus our time and energy on those value added activities and serving our clients and serving our employees too, and not be spending it on, you know, like the data entry. So, you know, beyond just becoming more efficient, it's also allowing your people to be empowered to focus on what they love. And like you said, people want to, you know, feel like they're making a difference, not like they're spending their time on timesheets and data entry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I, I, I see that a lot, you know, and that's something I tell my clients is that, you know, you, you can't buy, time is the one thing you can't buy. But if, you know, but by implementing some of these technologies or some of these applications, you can actually steal some of it back. And who, who can't use an extra five hours a week to do, you know, one, to go sell more or two, to go actually be there for your family. Exactly. Yeah. You can never, you can never get time back. And 
time times everything you can't even put a price tag on it i don't think <laughs> oh yeah you know the most important thing i guess to me that, that i feel like as well is going to be client retention you know uh millennials the the, the gen z now the, the younger crowd they they don't want to work with paper files they don't want to go to a let's say a tax practice that's still using outdated systems where they have to work in front of a computer there and they're using Windows 98 or something like that. You know, I mean, no one's going to want that. Well, you can get away with it. And yeah, you, you are profitable. I can guarantee you, you're probably working twice as much to make half the money you could. I mean, that's, that's my personal opinion. What, what do you, what's your take on that? Exactly, exactly. So I like to think about technology in different categories. So just becoming efficient as a firm, that's great, and like freeing up the firm owner's time, but also in terms of employee retention, like you said, because employees want that. Like it, it goes straight back to them wanting to feel like they're working on meaningful work and like they're making, they have a meaningful life, like uh, millennials and everyone coming up into the accounting industry. We, we are empowered to live like very passionate and fulfilling lives. And so, yeah, we don't want to work the whole time, but when we work, we're going to be efficient. And then another area is the client experience. So what can we do from an automation standpoint to make that process and our interaction with the clients as smooth as possible? I mean, onboarding is so important to client retention and, you know, whether that's enabling them to have an engagement letter right when they need it, e-sign, when they sign it, they have an email sent with the next steps. They know exactly where to drop off their documents and what's expected of them. All of those little things matter. So yes, becoming more efficient as a firm is so important, but it, it really expands into so many different areas, whether that's the clients or the employees. Um, it's just so important. Yeah, no, I love it. I mean, I, I think that's that's perfect. I mean, I'll be honest with you. When I first started, I botched an onboarding with a client, and it just never went well. And you know, we ended up parting ways because I, I I just at the time was still trying to figure things out. And you know, you try to bring them on, and it's like, man, you you overpromise and stuff. And then it's all of a sudden it's like, well, nobody's on the same page, and then they expected one thing and and another. And so something we we started doing now is when we onboard a new client, we send them a video that I created of just kind of, uh, okay, this is who we are. This is what we're about. This is my expectations from you, but these are your expectations you can expect from me. That way there is a clear understanding of what it is I'm doing for you, what you're doing for me, you know, on top of the engagement letter and, and everything else, the conversations and everything. There's that kind of third added piece of, okay, you know, I, I've made it clear what to expect from each other. That way there is no misunderstandings in the future or you expected this service, but it's actually out of scope and, or we prepared it and then now we're billing you for it, but then you're, you, you thought it was kind of included in that. And so then they get, again, you get upset with that. Our clients get upset with that. So. Exactly. Exactly. And I think anyone that's running a practice or is involved in client onboarding has had to go through those pains because it's oh, like, yeah. you don't, you don't know what you don't know. And mm -hmm. I mean, that's been one of my biggest struggles uh, is scope creep. And at first not, not managing it at all and trying to backpedal. You can't. So I can, I can relate totally. Yeah. So, okay. Um, I think we kind of went a little bit of a tangent here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your history, your background, kind of what, what made you get started to, 
to where you're at now? So I grew up and was always super entrepreneurial, uh, always had all these side hustles, paid myself through college. And then uh, I went into accounting because I knew I was like, oh, I want to start a company someday, but I have no idea what I want to do. I took accounting and people were like, you know, that's a great degree. It's the language of business. So I was like, okay, I'll do that and I'll figure out what I want to do. And so I was getting my CPA and I started at um, Ernst & Young and worked there for a while. But I remember just being like, I don't know when I'm going to find out what I want to do. But I know that this lifestyle of working forever and trading all of your time to become a partner someday, it just, it wasn't for me. I, I fully respect all the people that do it. Like, wow, that's amazing. But it wasn't for me. And so... Um, along with that, I had been dating my husband, um, I'd been with him for six years and he's an automation engineer. And so we're huge nerds and geek out and talk about technology all the time. And so we would have these conversations like this, this just doesn't make sense that, you know, uh, myself all the way up to partners come home at night and just spend time on admin work. I see these articles released about, you know, digital disruption and all the changes, but why at even, you know, this big firm, why, why don't I see that? And so I literally walked inside. It was home. Um, it was probably like 10 30 or 11 one night and been working so much. And, um, my husband was dinking around with this light motion detect detector. He was trying to program a light to turn on automatically and I'm telling you, we're huge nerds. And so the light bulb popped on. I was like, oh my gosh. It literally was like, that happened in real life and it happened to me. I was like, I need to explore how to take all this information and put it into accounting practices so that it's not just talk, it's actually being implemented. And to me, it was like, there. it's kind of like the all these articles and people talking about technology is kind of like, someone speaking and writing in a different language because a lot of the firms can't utilize the information or maybe it's like you're kind of familiar with the language like I took French in high school so if I gave, got a French book I could pick out a few words but I couldn't comprehend it totally so I was like all right I I'm, I'm gonna go for it because I had been waiting to you know figure out what I want to do and I I realized, you know, you're, you're never going to feel ready and you have to take some risk in life and go for it because what's the worst that can happen? And, you know, it's entrepreneurship's journey, I'm sure you know, and it's exciting, but that, that feeling of, you know, I'm just going to be ready someday, I don't think it ever comes. And, you know, you have to just take a leap of faith and go for it and put your soul into it. And you find your way, you make some wrong turns, but you find your way. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. I mean, I never thought I was, I was always told, taught the safe route, go get a job and just work and, and, you know, get your pension, get your retirement, and then you live a comfortable life. And and I went into accounting as well, kind of similar. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, and so I figured, okay, what's the two things that are guaranteed in life? Death and taxes. Mm -hmm. I'd always have a job, you know? Uh, so I got into it and, and Kind of the same thing, you know. I, I started to see little things here and there. Started to have ideas in my head. Okay, how can I do this? And my my experience actually, I went to the because I worked at a smaller firm, mm -hmm. so I went to management, you know, to the partners because there was only like there there was me, 
then there was the manager and then the partner. You know, very, we were at small firms, and I'd go to them and just, hey, how about this? Let's try this. Let's try that. No, no, no. And it was just kind of their way and their way only. So I just said, you know what? I'm going to take a shot on myself, you know? Take a shot, and here we are a year and a half later, and we're chugging along, you know, where we're getting there. It, it's, been, it's, been, it's been difficult, you know? You, you definitely have taken a couple losses, but gotten a couple wins as well, you know? And it, that's what it's about. It's all about the journey, I think, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I like what you mentioned, like you would bring ideas to, to management. And I think that that's something that people that go out and start their own companies usually have a lot of ideas. And what, what I've recognized and, you know, realized during part of this process is that everyone has great ideas. And it's like, how do you you know, just because maybe I'm older and have more experience in this area, someone else that's less experienced can have a great idea. And it's like, how do you, you know, evaluate that and incorporate it? There's a quote by Aristotle that says something about an ed- it, like the sign of an educated mind is someone who can contemplate a thought without entertaining it. So it's like, to me, like what you're saying is you would take these ideas to a partner and he wouldn't even entertain them. Whether or not he agreed, he couldn't even think about them or fathom, fathom them occurring. So mm-hmm. that's what I think is awesome about our industry and all these entrepreneurs coming out. It's like we all have awesome ideas. And the more we can put them out and test them and collaborate, it's like we just – it's totally changing this industry and enabling people like ourselves to go out and change change how things are being done, become more efficient and, and more empowered and feel like we're having meaning in this, this profession. Now, I think the, the key word that you said there is collaborate. Because I feel like in this industry, it's a very cutthroat industry, and it used to be all about, I need to keep the proprietary information here. It, it's my proprietary information. It's only to my clients. I, I don't want it to get out. Where, I mean, we're at the day and age now where if somebody wanted to Google, they can Google how to do all that and figure it out. And, and, you know, if they really wanted to invest the time, the trial and error and everything, they can figure it out. But that's that's where I think, you know, like you said, collaboration is is really key. And that's something that, so I'm kind of a little side note. I'm a big proponent of Xero. I love Xero for the accounting software. They build these communities around these cities. And within these communities, there's a big collaboration. There's a lot of collaboration that goes around. We, we have conversations. I mean, there's a gentleman I talked to who started his firm who's testing, you know, this app for this software while we use this one. And we, we have conversations about it, just openly just talk about, you know, what well, this isn't working and everything. And again, you know, I, I, I love it. One, I can help him. But two, at the same time, he's helping me because it's like he's able to test. We, you know, we, we were able to kind of attack it twofold. And again, it's it's a very collaborative effort. You know, I know I can call him and be like, hey, man, what do you think about this? And I don't have to sit there. Oh, it's going to be $250 an hour for my time. Like, okay, you know. And that's what I I love kind of where the industry is going is this collaborative effort of how we're all working together. I mean, we're openly, freely talking about, you know, things right now. I know we talk about kind of some stuff as well, practice management softwares, which I want to get into. you know, uh, Keith, like I said, I got to mention him again. You know, we he uh, we, we reached out to me. We've talked a little bit about certain things as well. And, you know, it's just kind of all about, I, it's, for me, it's, it's, it's all about the way I, I, I do things is you, you help people. And then 
if you do first for people, then the money comes, I feel like. And so that's kind of what, where I, I, I'm at right now is I want to help people. I want to, you know, I, especially in this industry, I want to empower those that feel like they're not empowered. You know, kind of what, what same thing you're doing. You know, give them that, okay, I can do this. This is something I can do, you know? And so that's just kind of a little bit about me, I guess. We kind of went off a little bit on a tangent there. I apologize. But I do want to get, okay, let's get back on track. I sidetracked. Practice management. Let's talk about it. I know this is one of the things that you are an expert at. So please. Um, so I guess my question to you is, is there a software out there that is in your mind best for let's say a, a CPA firm, a tax firm, a bookkeeping firm to you? So that, I don't think that there's a best piece of software and I know that's probably not the answer that yourself or a lot of people listening want to hear. But the reason why I say that is the best piece of software for one firm is not going to be the best for another. Um, for example, if they have four applications in place already that they really like, maybe they have subscriptions in place that they can't get out of for a while, so it's going to be very costly to change, and they just need one new addition, like they need a place to come and collaborate with their clients on, then a solution like a carbon or account that's an all-in-one, maybe that's not the most cost-effective or beneficial to do a big change. Um, but, you know, that's like, that's kind of the main thing. It's like, what, what are you missing? What don't you like about your current process and what's holding you back from changing? Cause there might be real reasons why, why they don't want to change. And also depending upon what services they're offering, it's also going to change what type of software they likely want to utilize. Um, but as far as thinking about practice management as a whole, I think that it's important to consider things like onboarding. We spoke about that a little bit. How are we going to make this process easy? How are we going to make the billing and invoicing easy? Collaboration, both with internally and externally. Now, today's world, people are moving away from email. So whether you have just a Slack channel um, or you have client hubs or it's um, something where you can collaborate in your workflow like a carbon or account um, you know there's different options but you also need your workflow and task management so a lot of times people think about practice management a lot as that workflow and task management piece which that's a piece of it but you also need the other items we hit on as well as document management and then dashboard and analysis, I think those are huge. So how are we utilizing our practice management to actually give us reports to track some of those modern KPIs? Like, how are you actually doing on retaining clients? What's your churn rate like? What's your average recurring monthly revenue? Is that increasing? And like, what what's the cost to obtain new clients? So, you know, we're, you know, maybe some of the firms caught on that uh, they should be doing more marketing, but what's what's that increase in marketing costs compared to what we're paying to acquire this client to how much revenue they're bringing us? So all of these analytics need to be captured and analyzed so that we can use our practice management software to make our people more efficient, allow us to trust them, improve the client experience, and then ultimately 
have the data to evaluate our firm, you know, from a seat that step back. Because if we're, if we're just in the firm, it can be hard to be objective, but data doesn't lie. No, I love it. That, that, I think that was the perfect answer. I think you hit it spot on. There is no one software. It's all about what works for you, you know, and cause I get that. I get asked that a lot as well. Is, well, what do I use? How, what should I use? It's just, well, it all depends on what your, what your practice looks like and what mm-hmm. you want to do, what you want it to accomplish. You know, are you happy creating proposals on, 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 in uh, uh, Microsoft uh, Word? Sorry, I don't know why I just didn't. <laughs> they, they, it's Monday. Just, just voice, yeah. Um, so are, are you okay with creating the proposals in Word? You know, are you okay with the engagement letters, you going in and changing all that? If that's the case and you're happy with that and you're okay or you're okay with paying your, let's say, an admin or something to do it, then maybe, you know, something like practice ignition or Panadoc isn't going to work for you. You know, if you really are truly happy. Now, again, you can save a lot of time. It will cut down. I know for me, it cut down a lot of time making the switch over to practice ignition instead of having to go in there because I hated that every time I sent a new engagement letter or something it was just like go in I can't tell you how many times I still had old client the old client name in there and I would miss something or maybe I yeah it just so I think that was a great you know really great answer with that because there is no one-stop solution it's all about what makes sense for you and how much what's your budget exactly exactly and no. that's, oh, go ahead. No, 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 please. My and that, that's something we try to help our clients with is, you know, asking them the right questions because just saying, well, what do you like? That can make them panic even more. It's like, well, what am I supposed to like? And, you know, I don't, they don't even, some of them don't even know that there's other options out there like a practice ignition, whereas some already are like, yep, I've got practice ignition. Um, and the process is pretty smooth, but maybe they want to tweak something else. So having an understanding to guide your client through the journey to know where they're currently at in terms of where they can envision their self being and understanding how that solution fits into their firm is always, you know, there's a bunch of variables to take into account to determine the, the best applications for them. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, and, and- I know for me, at least if somebody asks me a recommendation, I'm not going to point them in the most expensive because sometimes the most expensive isn't the best. Exactly. Sometimes, you know, one of these smaller apps can do the same exact thing that you needed for what you need it for, and it's half the price or something like that. So, again, it's all about just kind of – so I don't know how you guys do it, but I know we – me and uh, Morgan, my team member, we kind of, we spend about an hour a day. Uh, I'm sorry, not a day. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> an hour a week uh, where we literally just go out there and see what there is out there. You know, and we kind of keep a running running database of it. Uh, we have an Excel spreadsheet kind of, what's the app? What does it do? And what does it promise? Because sometimes it can promise something, but not necessarily deliver it the way it's supposed to. And so and if it's something that we feel like, okay, this is something revolutionary or something that I feel like is going to be amazing, then we may take the time to demo it. Mm-hmm. And actually, okay, this is something that I think we can bring some value to our clients and let's take some time to demo it. Oh, I know there, there's something out there right now. I forget the name of it, but it's a, 
It's essentially a trial balance function. Kind of like, I don't know if you ever worked with uh, CCH products or not? Yep, yep. Okay, so engagement, you've dealt with engagement before? Yep. Okay, so it, it, it's essentially engagement on the cloud for tax preparation. And you, you drop in your trial balance, you make your adjusted journal entries, and it's supposed to send that over directly to uh, certain tax programs, which I think CCH Access is one of them, if you use that. Uh, you know, so it's kind of little things like that that you can find that, for us, have been just kind of like, oh, okay, well, maybe right now it doesn't make sense because, you know, we're not using that tax software. But once we get to that point, okay, that's something maybe we can kind of integrate into our workflow and talk and, and you know, try to automate the tax preparation side of it a little bit more. Because we all know that that's the one that kind of gets a little bit <sighs> finicky, yeah. especially with client schedule C clients with the big boxes and stuff and the bank statements and the receipts. And they're just like, here, you take care of it, but I'm only going to pay you X amount of money. Right. So. Yeah. That's that, that gets very challenging. And I mean, also how firms, you know, handle those clients. Cause some firms don't accept, you know, any paper receipts, whereas some are still all paper receipts, you know, clients drop them off every month, you know, their solution is likely quite a bit different than the firm that's operating in the cloud is really comfortable utilizing technology. You know, you never, technology is one of those things you, you can't overwhelm people and the change management is so crucial into having a successful implementation because it'd be great to just throw awesome technology into all these firms, but you know, you have to understand the, the users of it and their level of comfort is huge. No, so exactly. And that's another thing I wanted to, to talk a little bit about too, is how do you get, let's say the partner's all in, how do you get the staff to buy in? So funny that you say that. Typically it's the partner um, in some of these bigger firms, or it's like one partner is so in and they're like, let's get started. And then two of them are like, uh, I don't know about this. And that's more, that's more challenging. Um, typically what we do is a slower implementation. So we always have an implementation that is rolled out. It's not just a one and done. Here's everything. Unless it's just adding a few integrations, having data flow between a few applications. That's not big, but anytime we're doing a big change, we like to roll it out slowly. And for those firms that have, you know, the partners that are hesitant, assuming that we move forward, because there have been some where one's like, yes, and the other one says no, and then, you know, you don't. Um, it's just always going slow and making sure they're comfortable each step of the way. And while we do that all the time, it's, you know, being more detailed, showing further examples where some people might be like, oh my gosh, of course this does that. Making sure that you bring it down to a level that is acting like it's a foreign language and really going slow with them to help them feel comfortable. Uh, as well as I feel like for them, keeping them always in the loop is so important. So like as you're making these changes, rather than saying like, all right, talk to you in three weeks when we have everything set up and we'll get you trained. It's like touching base with them and giving them touch points. So it's not just, it's not as overwhelming. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I think that that's great. I mean, you know, when we introduce a new app into some of our clients, it's kind of the same situation too. It's like, okay, I, I'm not going to say hand-holding because I feel like that's, that's, it has a very negative connotation to it, you know, but, you know, you, you do take it slow and you make sure that they understand. And it's all about, it's just, at the end of the day, it's all about communication, communicating with them. Are they comfortable where you're at, you know, in, in the in the training process or in the implementation process? And if they're not okay, then where where are your hesitations? Where are you? Where what is it that you don't quite get yet? And just making sure you address those then before you get to the end. Like you said, after three weeks, everything's done, guys. All right, have fun. I'll see y'all later. And then, right. you know what I mean. And then nothing gets done, and they go back to the old way. And then it's just all of a sudden, and you know, and then you at that point they're just like, well, no, we're never switching. You know, that was that was a right. bad experience. And then again. You're back to doing things the old way, and at that point, then maybe now they have a bad taste in their mouth when it comes to, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I, I think you brought up, um, you know, a little bit of an interesting point or something that sparked in my mind as, you know, I've been going through this journey, and that's, that's to really understand the prospect before you engage with them. Because I feel like when you start a business, you're, you're so excited and you want to help everyone and, you know, you have a great solution. And like I said, you just, you just want to help everyone and realizing that, you know what, maybe not everyone is your ideal client. And to say, you know, before you engage with them to, to say like, maybe you're not a fit and be honest up front, because I know that we have worked with a couple of firms that aren't very, you know, like up to date with technology and it it caused a ton of scope creep in time and you know i think that we while the solution works great they just they don't want to use it kind of like what you were saying and you know you definitely see where maybe maybe it's not not the best to even try to engage clients put it out there see the reaction but know when to be like hey just because this is a great solution it's maybe not a great solution for them. And, you know, you can refer them to someone else or you, you just don't need to engage everybody. Exactly. And this is something that I, that I learned at one of my old firms. They told me, you take whatever work comes in the door. And in reality, I learned that real quick. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't. Not everybody's a good fit for what you do. Or you're, you know, just, I get maybe when you first start off, taking what you can because you need the money and you're trying to build up and everything. But once you get to a comfortable spot, you are allowed to choose your clients. You can say no. And it's okay to let them know, hey, guys, this is not a good fit. You know, here's a number to somebody that I think would be a better fit for you over here. It's okay. <laughs> you know, I just want to emphasize that, that a lot yeah. of people say, no, 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 no. I, I can't get rid of the work. No, you can. And trust me, you will be so much happier and less stress for you by doing it. <laughs> right, right. And that, that is something I struggled with. And I mean, I still struggle with saying no, being because you, you just don't want to like let anyone down and you feel like you want to help everyone. But mm -hmm. yeah, you, you usually know, I feel like in your heart, if it's a good decision and you got to listen to that. Exactly. You know, and that kind of, and I think this is a perfect segue kind of into a little bit what I, I want to talk about too is, it is, following your heart and for, for kind of, I see you post these videos all the time about, you know, 
empowerment and you want to, you know, better yourself or just kind of, you know, believing in yourself and everything. And, and I love it. I love it. I mean, I, it, you know, you're building, you build people up. And that, that's something that I know, I know there's somebody out there that's sitting on their desk right now, maybe hopefully listen to this podcast, you know, and, and they're just sitting there and they're in a very toxic situation. And they're like, well, I, I want to, but you know, I had the skill set, but maybe I don't believe in, you know, they, they don't, they, they maybe don't have the self-esteem or something like that. And that's just where I think people like you are, are great at this is kind of building them up, you know, and letting them know like, hey guys, you are good enough. You know, if you want to do, make the leap, make the leap, it's okay. You know, and that's something that, like I said, you know, I think it's great. And I just, Wanted to see if you wanted to touch on that a little bit more and kind of maybe talk to them and, and let them know a little bit, you know, because like I said, your messages, awesome. The, the videos I see on LinkedIn, for those, by the way, if you don't follow her on LinkedIn, you guys are missing out big time, so. Oh, thank you, Jose. I, yeah, I'm super passionate about just letting people know that they, those thoughts and feelings of, you know, being scared, but also having that drive and curiosity to go do something like that is your sign. Like you're, you're not going to have, unfortunately, someone come knock on your door and be like, Hey, today's the day you, you can leave your job and you're going to feel ready and perfect. But rather the, the sign is that you have the thought and like, just, you know, these feelings that you could go out and do more, but not being like ready, you never will. And it's just time's going to keep ticking. So the sooner you just turn that fear and that view of, you know, I'm nervous and maybe I'm anxious, you have to rephrase that. You have to say, these are feelings of excitement. These are feelings of joy and happiness. And you can turn that into like motivation. And, you know, like Jose, we were talking, we've made mistakes. We're going to continue to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. We don't know everything. No one does. And so if I can do this, so can you. I mean, anyone could do this. It just takes commitment and knowing that failure is not anything but putting you in a new direction down the correct path. So you might keep failing, 20 times, but really it's just a new direction, a new direction. And you're getting closer and closer to your path. And no one even knows when they're on the right path. It's constantly changing. But the only thing you can do is start and it's, you should start today. There's, there's no better time and you're never going to feel ready. But once you start, you learn to, to understand that this feeling's normal. There's highs, there's lows, but it's awesome. So I encourage anyone that wants to start, uh, start their own business they should go for it but there's also nothing wrong with not wanting to start your own business too so that I never want to sound like everyone should have their own business because it it's not for everyone and that's that's cool too I'm, I'm glad that we're all different and you know we we need just as many business owners as we do well we need more people to help help support business owners so everyone has a role but your heart always knows what it wants no, I think that's great. I think that you perfect, perfectly put, I mean, you know, not everybody, entrepreneurship is not for everybody, you know, and, and if you don't have that calling or if you don't have that, there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that either. You know, I mean, my wife works at one of the big oil companies and she is happy. 
you know, very, very, uh, she works in IT, very, um, you know, projects that really stimulate her mind and everything. And, you know, she, she's 100% happy. A lot of, I have a lot of friends that work. I have one that sells uh, homes for one of the home builders. He doesn't want to be a real estate agent. He says he doesn't want to deal with that. He's happy where he's at. And, and you know, that's that. And I think, you know, that, that's great. But I will say, if you are thinking about it or do, I think it was Wayne Gretzky that said it. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Absolutely. And there's, wrong, and there's nothing wrong with taking your shot. And if you take your shot and you miss and it doesn't work out, but, hey, at least you know you took your shot and you gave it your all and you can sit back now and go find the job and, and just, okay, you know what? I'm going to work, but I know that I gave it my all or I gave it my best and it just wasn't for me. Right. You know, that's, that's, that's just the way I, I see it. You know, and like you said, if, if, if you don't have the calling, then by all means, you know, cause I know plenty of people that are a partner path that wanted to go work at a firm, work, 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 get up to partner. And they're willing to kind of, you know, put in the time, to get up there and I think that's great I think that's awesome and I, I respect that and I you know and I think you know what that's what you want to do you set a goal and you're achieving it you know I've got a couple of friends now senior managers are kind of on the partner path here within the next couple of years and that's great that's what you wanted you accomplish your goal and I think that's fantastic you know I've, I've mentioned hey do you guys ever think about going on your own They're like no it's too much stress too much everything mm -hmm. hey you know, you, you do you, I'm going to do me. And as long as you're happy, that's all that matters. Exactly. Happiness is everything. I mean, the goal of life should be to be happy. So if you're waking up every morning and you're miserable, then you should shift. But if you're happy and, you know, 85% of the time you're waking up with some pep in your step, then th there's no reason to fix what's not broken. But being self-aware of being unhappy is is even just the first step to it. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I think, I think that's, that's great. So, uh, all right, we're coming up to the end of it, Katie. I just want to say uh, thank you for coming on. Guys, any of y'all that want to move up to the 21st century, look her up. We'll post a link to her uh, website on our blog page. And, uh, again, Katie, thank you so much for coming on, and we appreciate all the insights. And, guys, I hope you all have a wonderful day. Thank you, Jose. Thanks, everyone. All righty.